Hello, I'm Dr. Franklin Sollers. I'd like to welcome you to Transformation and Transcendence Roundtable Podcast. We're going to discuss things spiritual, uh, psychological, mystical. We're going to combine psychotherapy and psychological concepts since we're all have all been trained as therapists, but all walk a, a spiritual path. We're going to combine all these elements and help uh, with inspiration and guidance and coaching and, uh, you know, support for each, each of you's spiritual growth. That's the intention. So uh, we'll, we'll rely on, you know, case material. We'll rely on ancient wisdom as well as psychological awareness, depth psychology, union psychology, Bionian psychology, different kinds of depth psychology that can be of help to you. So thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the journey, and we hope to be of service to you and help you in your growth. That's, that's our mission. So thank you, and uh, here we go. So welcome to the Transformation and Transcendence um, uh, Roundtable podcast. So we have uh, Ben Bennett Carpenter with us today, and Leah Dickinson, and myself, Franklin Sowers. Um, so I'm going to, when when you start, why don't you say your name so that on the audio uh, people get, get who it is and start to identify your voice, you know, that kind of thing. So... Um, uh, we usually talk about, you know, case issues, uh, psychological concepts, spiritual concepts, psycho-spiritual concepts, mystical kinds of events, and, and uh, you know, thoughts, and uh, this kind of thing. So what do we got today? What are, what's, what's going on today? And here's Fareed Elazabas here, too. too. Hello. Well, uh, this is Ben here. Um, I mean, one thing I've I was wondering about as a question that maybe just to throw out there for all of us is with trans transformation and transcendence coaching, um, what those words mean, you know, to each of us, or or what we associate uh, with those uh, words. Um, what do you think about that one? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> sure. Hmm. So, uh, since you brought it, why don't you start? Yeah, I should probably start then, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think they're uh, they're very powerful words, and they're also the type of things that I think a lot of people right away may have their own associations with them, and so then they can be very uh, uh, productive and promising in, in terms of what people attach to them. And on the other hand, you know, sometimes people might be, it might be, they might sound abstract and it's like, wait a minute, I, I, I like those, those sound really cool, but I don't really know what they mean. So I want to know about more of what they mean. Um, and I think, Super roughly speaking, I think if I had to kind of like give my path over many years, I probably was like just super roughly speaking, I was probably like in sort of aspirationally 
the transcendence mode for a very long time. And then it was like, wait a minute. Um, I had kind of some realizations in different ways there. And I was like, then I think I was in the transformation mode for a very long time. Um, and I suppose it's all mixed up, right? But uh, I think it's, it's very powerful for me to be linking these two things, to have that that and right in there that brings them both together. Um, yeah, so there's more, definitely more that I could uh, say there, but that would at least be my my first uh, crack at it. <laughs> I get to start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I think of transformation, I think, of redirecting energy that people have that aren't being used for productive and meaningful ends and redirecting them to live a more constructive and meaningful life. Um, I think any given person is probably using a certain amount of their energy in self-destructive games and pointless fixations and the kinds of vague complaints that usually prompt people to seek something like coaching, I think of that as a kind of a distorted vitality or energy. Um, transformation for me is understanding why that misdirected energy is there and trying to find more appropriate targets. Um, if you're a self-defeating person, it seems that your aggression, for example, is directed towards yourself for whatever reason. You decided at a young age you're not capable of manipulating the environment in the way that you need to, so you decided to manipulate yourself and give yourself constant deadlines that you never live up to and give yourself high standards that you can never achieve. And in that way, you're kind of beating yourself up chronically. Um, this is something I would see as a kind of energy and vitality that's directed at the self. Um, instead of being directed in the environment and in the objects of the environment to get you to fulfill and accomplish the things that you want to fulfill and accomplish. Um, so to me, transformation is to recognize the ways that these drives, let's call them, exist in you in a kind of distorted way, um, an unproductive way, and sorting them out and straightening them out so that you can go out and live in a way that's more reflective of your values um, and more productive. And of course, I say that as a person who has worked with clients before, where something very similar to what I described was exactly what ends up happening. What seems at first to be lack of discipline or organizational skills is actually just a kind of energy that's being directed at the self instead of the environment. Um, the transformation that occurs is to recognize that, to understand it, to accept it, to take ownership for it, and then to redirect all of that energy and vitality into the environment. And usually that's when people start to feel a little bit more alive, a little bit more engaged, a little bit more there. 
Um, and that I think is worthy of the title transformation. Um, as for transcendence, I'm gonna kick it off to someone else because frankly, that's that's a big word for me and uh, uh, maybe I'll take a crack at it later, but uh, curious what you guys might think about that. All right, hi, so um, my name is Leah, so everyone knows my name. Uh, so when I think of, since I guess I'll give a, I guess I'll hit the hammer on the head with the transcendence uh, definition. So I was actually thinking of Maslow's hierarchy when I was thinking of transcendence, um, just because specifically like when we look at the hierarchy, there's at the bottom, the physiological, then above that safety, above that's belonging and love, and then, you know, esteem, cognitive, aesthetic, and self-actualization. And above self-actualization is this idea of transcendence. So it's like transcending all of these specific needs that we as human beings need, specifically around, um, like, you know, being clothed, feeling taken care of, um, being nourished, uh, you know, working through our own um, defenses, uh, working through um, areas where we have an opportunity for further awareness for why we do the things that we do. And I think it starts moving in when we talk about transcendence into this bliss or joy. So it's not that you're suddenly no longer a human being, but it's that you're, you're no longer, you have all of your other areas of needs that are taking care of for you. And so now you have this opportunity to really go into your fulfillment and your meaning and really start doing things that present joy, opportunities for creativity, like I know um, Dr. Sollers has mentioned many times. And so it's an opportunity, I think, live more fully as a human being, rather than being focused on all of these other areas that needed work prior to getting there. Yeah, all good. All good. This is uh, Franklin again. So, um, Dr. Sauer, some people say so. Yes, um, transformation, um, the difference between transformation and transcendence without transformation is that it incorporates the evolution of the shadow to a more positive kind of state. Shadow elements, you know, the lower self, the dark stuff. As Fareed was talking about, you know, energies directed at the self, well, these would be in self-defeating behaviors, usually negative energies directed towards the self, not positive, right? So uh, what transformation is, is understanding the shadow elements and kind of working with them, understanding that what's getting in our way of success or pleasure or joy or greater capacities for love is maybe our own um, selfishness or our own uh, fear or our own judgments and self-criticism and negativities towards others that we start to feel maybe would come back on us, envy, all these kinds of things that um, typically, not typically, I don't know, they have, many times have not been worked on. In other words, many people try to approach transcendence from the point of view of just positive visualization, which I think has its merits, you know? or just mindfulness, you know, being there, which again has its merits, but it does often leave behind the lower self negative elements of the personality that will keep us stuck, that are like anchor stuck in the ground as we try to move along. And so when we can turn around and start to look at some of that stuff at times, not that we don't want to do positive visualization, we do, 
We want all the positive stuff. But we also want to include the fact that sometimes we get in our own way without quite knowing it. And this is part of the process is understanding how our resistances and our the anchors we put in the ground and our fears of going forward and these kinds of things which allow us to move to a higher and deeper state you know which the idea is that uh, this isn't just an outer kind of picture of the universe as benign but that we have within us the wisdom the love the capacity for joy and pleasure and guidance uh, from the divine spark from parts of us that uh, are have the poetic you might say that's inspired so both outside and inside and and the work of psychology and psychotherapy over the years has helped people to understand themselves in deeper ways but it's often stopped with the idea of well this spirituality is different but when you really work on yourself you know psychologically you begin to notice that you become more and more peaceful and your anxiety goes down and your fears go down and you're you're able to um, move into different states of positive relationships, positive things at work, success. Sometimes more well, sometimes not. But a lot of times it is, you know, because you may have resistance. You may have a sense that money is like a bad thing, you know. It's like a, you know that's like contaminates the spiritual process, that kind of thing. So. Um, Anyway, it involves all these things. It's, it is the capacity to be the best human we can be and also bring out the sacred, the divine, the spark, the unitive consciousness. I'm, I'm going on a lot. But the unitive consciousness, which is a sense that what we do for each other, we do for ourselves, and what we do for ourselves, we do for each other. And, it, and we, when you use your inner guidance, you can intuitively grasp when it's, you know, when maybe... At the moment, I need to kind of emphasize what my self-care. And another moment, maybe I need to give something to other. I have to, you know, kind of put my self-care down and like really go out and try to be helpful. And that's the primary thing. And I get more joy and maybe even some self-care out of doing that, out of giving to someone else. So it's we transcend these dualities. Yeah, there's the transcendence. Transcend these dualities in the transformational process, right? With the transformational process. So that was a lot, but you know, um, anyway, we're just kind of having broad strokes right now, right? So, um, so yes to all, yes to all this, and uh, and Maslow's hierarchy can fit quite well, um, especially his later is when he included the transcendent element. You know, that wasn't there in the beginning for for Dr. Maslow. Yeah. So. Yeah, I really appreciated yeah. what you just said, Dr. Sellers. Oh, did you want to go, Ben? Go ahead, Leah. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep it really short. I promise. Uh, so I, I really appreciate you providing further um, information and insight regarding the shadow self, um, you know, versus also actually the, the positive, the, the light version too, because there's also that light version of not knowing if you're ever going to be able to, you know, move into being able to live out certain dreams or um, ideas or understandings. I remember reading and learning more about that as well. But absolutely, I think our culture has taught us and also a lot of religious space that it's dangerous to look at the dark at the shadow version of self, that somehow if we view it, that we're going to basically befall to it and that we're gonna get sucked in kind of like a black hole and we're not gonna be able to find our way out. And so I kind of wanna challenge people who are listening 
um, for this opportunity to actually, rather than having a fear of, of like this quote unquote darkness of self, but actually like ha take this opportunity to begin to allow yourself to recognize certain things within you that maybe create shame in your life, that maybe create a lot of like rage inside. Um, and the more you begin to notice these things, the more you're going to start wanting to um, probably you're going to be more aware and you're going to want to practice and maybe tr change up how you're viewing and looking at it. And it's like the learning of being able to accept the thing, but not be begin to act out the behavior. That's the difference. Um, but it does really make a huge healing impact on a person's life when they can recognize that they have these pieces within them, but that they have the strength to contain it and notice it, but not do anything necessarily with it. Yes, feelings are not actions because you you might begin to see that you have envy or you have a spite or something like that you know that it doesn't mean you got it this because you recognize it you want to do it more actually what happens is when you i think we did talk about this last week when you recognize it consciously and understand it you're less likely to act out you're less likely to be you know driven by an impulse or a feeling that you're unaware of you know to when things become conscious you have the ability to challenge them and manage them in ways you don't when they're not conscious uh, you know, we talk about the idea that they bleed out, they bleed out, they, they create a negative spiral, a vicious circle that comes back to you because you may be doing things you don't even quite know, like that agitate the other person, cause resentment, things like that, you know. And uh, But if you're conscious, you've got a handle on it and you can even, you know, you can begin to see that and then manage yourself better, right? Manage yourself better. And as you recognize faults, and, and negative feelings over time with an observing ego, you might say, and you begin to witness them, they begin to soften too. There's a kind of a detoxification process that happens just from the fact that you, you, you see them, you recognize them, and they begin to soften over time, not right away, but it takes time. Yeah, Ben, Ben wants to jump in. Yeah, yeah and I, I can't help but think that uh, a lot of that stuff is uh, uh, what many people um really want to avoid i mean it's like uh, the bad stuff the negative stuff um uh, it's it's a lot of our default modes is to uh not go there um because it's uh it's unpleasant <laughs> it's terrifying it's yucky it's you know you name it it's just something not desirable so it just seems obvious that well, of course, if it's bad, then we want to move towards the good. Or if it's negative, then we want to move towards the positive. And I mean, that all makes sense on the surface. But um, I mean, to me, what uh, one of the main things that really stands out to me and what we're talking about here is kind of like on the one hand, Leah, you're talking about this aspiration and move towards bliss, towards joy. You know, and then on the other hand, um, all these sort of undesirable um, uh, negative capacities that we have on the other hand. And uh, I guess what 
was really speaking to me right now is just that that th those exploring that the negative stuff, the fearful stuff, uh, all of that can be so rich. Um, it's kind of a crude example, but sometimes I think of it as like, we do kind of have to get into the shit. Um, I mean, and I think of sort of, uh, I've, I've never been much into uh, gardening yet. Maybe I will someday, but I've got some farmers in my family and my ancestry. And I know just enough to be able to say like that, you got, you know, it. one of the mo richest things to have on your crops there is is loads and loads and loads of manure. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, the smell of manure, like I'm thinking of this one place I've been where there's a manure pond by this farm and it's just horrific. I mean, it's just absolutely one of the grossest things I could ever experience. Um, but just realizing that really simple you know, simple sort of metaphor of that, that, that stuff is rich for growth. And uh, anyway, <laughs> that's me going on and on there a little bit about, I think it's just an ongoing revelation to me that the negative stuff can be a tremendous source of information and change. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. well, I'll, in, in keeping with the spiritual theme and responding to what you said, Ben, there's a quote that the greatest trick the devil, devil ever pulled was convincing people that he doesn't exist. And I think the greatest trick that our negative aspects of our personalities ever pulled was convincing us that they're shameful or unprofitable or in some sense not worthy of being explored and examined. And this is something we have talked about before, which is the paradox about these shadow aspects or negative qualities is if you try to push them away and suppress them, it's not a matter of out of sight, out of mind. That's not how the psyche works. And I think Freud discovered this, which is if you push something out, precisely the pushing out is what gives it the power and influence to affect your behavior. So this is a paradox that is so contrary to our intuition that I think every person in some sense falls into the devil's trick, so to speak, of if I push it out of sight, then it will be out of mind, it will not have an influence. And if I step into the shit, to use your metaphor, Ben, then that's when I can get into trouble, when in reality, when you start to explore negative aspects, whether it's deep-seated jealousies or irritation or even cruelty, these sides of ourselves that we don't wanna explore, when we start to soften up and try to understand them and take ownership of them, that's when we can get a grip on them and have our behaviors reflect our higher values and not these lower qualities. So this is a paradox that I hope everybody really takes to heart, which is it seems like not getting into it and pushing it away is the right thing to do because maybe in real life that is true. Maybe in real life, if something's bothering you, okay, I have this, it's bothering me, I'm gonna put it in my desk, I'm gonna forget about it. Sure, it can't do much damage in my drawer. The mind doesn't work that way. The way the mind, the psyche works is if you push them aside, 
precisely the act of pushing them aside is what gives them greater power and greater control. Um, another word that's coming to mind is integration. Um, I think the ideal state of being is where your thoughts and sensations and motor activities are all coordinated. You're paying attention to the right thing, you're feeling the right thing, you're acting the right way. That level of integration that people aspire to, I think, is impossible unless you can start to explore and examine and take ownership of these negative qualities. So just in the purpose of leading a more holistic and integrative life, I think it's also important to examine some of these, uh, as we call them, shadow aspects. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm right there with you, Fareed. And I just want to add in there that, I mean, I wonder about how everyone else in this group would also um, take, you know, if we took an, like an extreme example, make a distinction. So say, say it's, say it's like an extreme situation where someone's feeling homicidal, um, you know, so then what do we do with that? Because someone could misinterpret what I think we're all kind of saying of like, oh, you know, I mean, we're, we're not saying this, but if it was misinterpreted, like, oh, I feel homicidal, like I should just accept that and go with it. And, and we're not saying that. So, so what are we saying with that distinction? <laughs> for that's for everybody, I could, I could answer it too. But <laughs> Well, I think go with it is the difference. I mean, it go. how do you go with it? You know, we certainly don't go in terms of acting out. But it may it may benefit you. If you feel so mad you feel like killing somebody, it may benefit you to know it, right? And then you can ask yourself, what's going on? Why am I so dysregulated? You know, uh, what am I putting out there that's creating such a, you know, a fury in me? Uh, you know, that kind of thing is, are there better ways to handle this or better ways to do it? Uh, better ways to manage my feelings. This is something I need to assert rather than kill somebody. Maybe I need to say, stop it or don't do that. Or, you know, this hurts or uh, gather help. Or, you know, there's uh, many other ways to deal with fury, for example, or rage than to act it out. And when you begin to recognize it in yourself and you have help, you vent it. That, even venting it, you know, talking about it to somebody can lower the temperature you might say lower the amount of energy uh, and then you you can you can come together and talk about ways to manage it and feel better what's the hurt what's underneath the rage what's what's the hurt is it shame is it hurt is it you know embarrassment is it sadness whatever it might be and you talk that out and then the anger and the hostility goes down a little bit that doesn't mean you might you don't effectively deal with your environment if you need to do something but it's, it typically does not involve hurting anybody, right? That's a rare circumstance when you're trying to defend yourself, not because you want revenge or you want to act out. That's that's reserved, you know, in terms of self-defense, not not to settle a score or to protect your ego or something like that. You know, that's not what we want to do. That's not what anybody really, if you want to grow emotionally, that's not what anybody would want to do, right? That kind of thing. That's more from our more mature, immature adolescent kind of days, right? We want that kind of stuff, right? You know, not that we, not that it doesn't ever flash in our minds, but then 
uh, it reminds me of the, it's a guest the guest house right you know room is guest house the, the malice the the scorn all these kind of traits that we we feel are are negative we we make a place for them at the table why do we do that because then we can talk to them then we can reason with them then we can we can work with them if we make them foreign and alien as we're talking about and keep them repressed uh, they don't go away they just haunt us what resist will persist right that kind of thing so uh, it just it just comes back and, and it continues to bother us but if you make them conscious you can begin to work with them and transform them in other words the hostility may end up being as you talk about your hurt or your embarrassment or your shame you may end up finding love within it you see and longing and care towards other people and so well, the transformation becomes that the hostility begins to moderate and more positive feelings come out so that there, there is a transformation of the hostility of the rage to a large degree there's transformation right and it ends up being more benevolent and you end up acting out less even unconsciously and the life becomes a little bit more peaceful around you right and then peaceful inside too in both ways right both ways so I, I maybe I, I took too much time doing that one, but anyway, that, that's a, that's that's a take on it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So we are talking um, a little bit more in broad strokes, right? But we do um, we do uh, sometimes talk about uh, case material from coaching and stuff like montages at least you know we put together uh, you know many people are depressed so we will make a, a figure of someone who's of the many people that are depressed and talk about depression as it relates to the shadow of the lower self talk about depression as it relates to self-defeating behavior and, and not moving forward in life and depression as as a resistance to feel joy and pleasure right because that's one of the hallmarks of depression is you don't have any joy and any pleasure right? that's it's anhedonia is that's, that's the scientific name for it you know it's incapacity to feel pleasure when you're depressed is a hallmark of depression so these things i think are important to talk about and sometimes you know short of having a major clinical depression we just go through contractions where we have downtimes and we don't feel as happy and we don't feel as you know, like we want to move out and engage life. And those are elements that can be talked about in coaching too. So it, it brings up the point, again, that the coaching platform, Transformation and Transcendence, will be launched, I think this weekend it's going to be launched. So anyone who's interested uh, in working with, you know, Fareed, uh, Ben, and Leah, and Joshua Morrow, uh, and maybe others down the line, you know, you're welcome to call us. I don't have the number for them, darn it. And I'll, we'll, we'll put it up uh, in a text when we launch the video. Uh, anyway, we have a phone number. And um, you can also, uh, it can be Dr. Franklin Sollers. Uh, I, I better, I better, I might give you the wrong. <laughs> Next time we'll have all that. I See, we're, we're, making, uh, we're, we're starting. We're just starting, so I have glitches here. But uh, we'll get there. Anyway, you can look for us online, uh, Transformation and Transcendence life coaching yeah and uh, so we're starting that and also next week uh, we're launching the book uh, uh, food for thought um, 
and it's a you know, psyche, spirit, and soul, food for thought, psyche, spirit, and soul, stories, poems, and sayings for uh, inspiration and, and emotional growth, emotional and spiritual growth. That'll be out on Amazon.com and Kindle Books, and you can get it electronically and paperback. And, uh, and, and many of us have contributed to it, those stories and sayings and things like that, you know, that hopefully you'll find interesting. Um, so it's an easy read, you know. Some of the stuff we're talking about is a little, is a little dense, but uh, the read I think is easier. Uh, it's meant to be an easy get in terms of just the story form of things, uh, interesting stories that uh, you know touch touch you and that kind of thing, and speak to you in terms of uh, transformation. Okay. Well, I'm also kind of thinking here too, like one entrance point for all this let's say if if i was a client or uh and i could even if it's just just me uh but i i have the sense that a lot of people have experience uh in in something like therapy and it's very satisfying um and yet there there's like wait uh there's there's something more i'm looking for <laughs> with this and you know one easy really easy label for that is the spiritual um or it's or it's not spiritual because sometimes people may or may not identify with that word but then they they say well it's not spiritual but it's it's something more you know or it is whatever it is whatever the word is they just have this sense and a desire for it to be um i mean I guess, kind of roughly speaking, like more than psychological, uh, something like that. And so I think what we're trying to do here is go in that direction. And then meanwhile, at the same time, coming from the other direction, uh, my sense is that a lot of people have experience in various, for lack of a better word, spiritual communities or on spiritual paths individually um and they may have been on that path for a very long time uh maybe maybe not just one or two or three years uh, but that's okay too maybe it's just a few years but um but maybe many years five ten twenty years you know you name it and got a lot out of that and continue to maybe find that as a, a source of strength and insight and so on but nevertheless experience kind of like what Fareed was talking about a little bit earlier of like feeling stuck not knowing why like wait a minute like and it's i guess in a way it's like wait i need something more but i guess i'm thinking of it more like um boy something's off here like i've been on this spiritual path like forever and i'm getting a little frustrated maybe even a little angry of like why isn't this working for me i'm doing all the right things on this path and and yet i'm what is wrong with me you know um and so then i think there's there's an opportunity to turn towards if someone hasn't already done that towards therapy or towards coaching or something like we're doing here kind of coming back in the other direction so uh yeah some thoughts there yes yes yeah, I was actually going to bring up, too, because I think we're going to probably not just get people who are on the spiritual path, but also religious, too. Like, we might even get people who are from the Christian background. 
We kind of lost you a little bit there. Um, oh, can you guys hear me now? Oh, you're back now. Yep. yep. Okay, let me repeat that. <laughs> um, you know, so like, we're also going to be available for people who are also religious too, like people who are um, on the path of Christianity, different denominations, Judaism, Islam, and you know many other um, religious groups um, as well. And so there is an opportunity to also dive into that for you know folks too, and to be able to help them explore and to you know better understand the parts of themselves where they're feeling stuck in their face or they're feeling condemned, or they're, they're feeling, um, they're, they're experiencing shame, or they're not feeling like they're enough for God, or that um, they've had maybe traumatic events in their lives that have impacted their relationship with God, um, and how they view him. Um, so there's also going to be that type of aspect too. Um, so just to kind of like open it up that it's not going to be just for people who are like on this quote unquote more spiritual journey, but people who are on even religious journeys. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that each of us seems to be trying to express the state of mind or experience that might prompt someone to want transformation and transcendence coaching services and it seems like what we're all converging on is this sense of there's not enough right now. Um, there's something missing. There's some ideal that I could be striving towards more fulfillment, more of a sense of purpose. Um, and I do think that that's where the distinction between therapy and coaching comes in handy because therapy is still very much in the biomedical model because we do have to diagnose and we do have to say implicitly something is wrong and we are trying to alleviate what is wrong um, whereas coaching does not involve any of that kind of a paradigm and i think that's really the benefit is that each of the people here have backgrounds in doing psychotherapy so we have the skills of a psychotherapist but in a coaching setting we're not limited by the paradigm of psychotherapy so if i had to make a pitch i think it would be that this is a very unique setting where you have psychotherapists who are doing non-psychotherapeutic work coaching work and i think in the coaching space we're much more free to explore certain ideas and use certain tools that we may not be able to. Um, for example, Marcus Aurelius is a philosopher who has made a lot of improvements in my life and I've read him very carefully, but I don't think it would be in my duty of care if I had a client with anxiety and psychotherapy. I really wouldn't think it would be appropriate, let's say, to launch into a several week investigation of his works and try to apply his works because even though i know it would be beneficial that's not the standard of care in psychotherapy you have to follow evidence-based standards of care while i might pepper in some marcus aurelius quotes and suggest that they read it we wouldn't be able to for example really dive into the work and see how can this philosophy do what philosophy was originally meant for which is apply in a very direct way in your life so that you can live a more 
meaningful and beautiful life. Um, to use another example, since Leah brought up different religions and spiritual paths, if somebody would like to know about the Sufi path, for example, I know many Sufi, Sufi authors whose ideas and um, paradigms can really help for uh, you to view your life in a more positive way and work towards goals. But again, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that in psychotherapy because frankly, there's not an evidence-based Sufi methodology or Islamic methodology yet. Um, so I think that's really the message that I would like to um, give to uh, prospective clients, which is coaching is something that involves the best of both worlds. You have the interpersonal skills and professionalism of psychotherapists, but in a setting where we're not beholden to some of the um, expectations that might uh, be involved with that. Of course, Dr. Sollers, you're the expert, so please correct me if I've said anything wrong, but I do believe that coaching kind of represents this um, very unique space where uh, you can dive into certain kinds of um, ideas and techniques um, that you will find very fruitful and hopefully um, help you to live a more fulfilled and productive life. No, I think that's really right on for me. Another thing along with that is that, you know, somebody may come into psychotherapy and they, you know, they just want to get rid of their, maybe they want more, but sometimes they just want to get rid of their anxiety or something or their depression or their phobia. Well, that's okay and good. And, and uh, we can even help with that with coaching. But in coaching, the idea may be more, what is your anxiety trying to teach you about your spiritual growth? What, I mean, as we work on it, what, what, is, what is the deeper meaning of that in terms of your overall development spiritually, psycho-spiritually and emotionally? I think that's a little bit different framework. It may be brought in in psychotherapy, but that, that problems that we have in life can be stepping stones for advancement in a broader and higher way. Uh, so that's maybe it's a matter of emphasis, but in some psychotherapies, you know, certain very narrow ones, you know, it's always problem, narrow problem focused. Some of the better psychotherapies, depth psychotherapy and broader therapies, they, they usually they take into account greater elements of the personality. But we probably want to even go a little step further that uh, as we work on your anxiety, we're trying to help you advance uh, spiritually and emotionally overall. Yeah, I was actually thinking as you were talking about that too, Dr. Sellers, uh, I was like, oh, dream interpretation has a little fit here as well. <laughs> um, just because, oh my goodness, you know, dreams in general sometimes are guiding us and leading us towards like greater meaning in our lives, especially uh, dreams that are coming forth from like, or maybe our own personal anxieties that we're dealing with in our living day. Um, it's and it's interesting because and I'll keep it real short. Um, like last week, I was literally having one anxious dream after one anxious dream after one anxious dream after one. And I started noticing patterns and I started remembering key important facts. And then I started utilizing that information to go, OK, what is this trying to tell me like in my living my actual daily life. And I got some really good information which could be utilized in like a coaching platform. So even clients being able to produce um, and communicate their dreams can really help us to be like, oh, well, it sounds like 
you're really wanting to move more in your life here, but you're feeling held back or you're not sure that you're going to be able to do um, to do the thing that you want to do because maybe you're afraid or maybe you don't have the materials necessary to do it. Sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up, Leah, because very briefly, I know we're running out of time, but I feel like so many people feel like they're getting messages from the world, from society, and they need to sort themselves out. They need to distinguish what are my personal values versus what are the expectations that have been imposed upon me and the standards that I've swallowed whole without really analyzing them and dissecting them. In short, how can I distinguish between what is truly me versus what is just parts of me that I've gotten from the world outside of me that I've just been around for so long, I mistake them as me, but that mistaking them is causing alienation and a lot of suffering. What better place to start than the images and messages and ideas that you get at your most private hour when you've completely resigned from the world, when you're asleep, when your eyes are closed, when you're totally away from the world and society, magically, wondrously, we have these little images and ideas that are whispered to you softly. To me, that is the basis of a discovery of your true own most values. These precious little gifts that we get every night. I think if dream interpretation is done, done well, as it was in your case, Leah, you can start to build on your authentic self, what you truly believe and feel, because no one's whispering in your ear for a dream. A dream comes completely out of your own psyche. It is pristine, unblemished by uh, society as far as I'm concerned. So starting with the content and messages of a dream in order to discover who our authentic selves are and then start to do the important work of distinguishing, okay, this is who I am, this is the expectations of me, and then starting to live life according to what you understand to be your values, not anybody else's values, your expectations for yourself, not anyone else's expectations. I think dream work can be an incredibly fulfilling and productive way of doing that. And I'm sure that that would be a part of any kind of um, coaching experience as well. Very good. Well, thank you, everybody. We do have to stop, but it's been rich. Uh, I've been uh, excited to be part of it, and uh, it just feels really good to be part of it, actually, part of this group and part of this podcast. So thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll be we'll be here every Thursday, uh, like 12.05. I think we'll, we'll shoot for 12.05, and just afternoon. And then the podcast will be recorded in... Uh, You'll find the audio podcast on, uh, you know, iTunes and Spotify and any place you find the podcast. So it'll be it's aggregated and, and put up on podcasting, and it'll be on YouTube. Uh, it should be transfer transformation and transcendence. Uh, that look for that. It could be coaching, but anyway, look for transformation and transcendence. You're probably not going to see those two together very often. And we'll be online. The coaching platform starts soon. Transformation and Transcendence, you can look online for our, our coaching, okay? And uh, so thanks, everybody, for coming, and thanks, everybody, for listening and watching wherever you, you do. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Take care. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye.
So thank you very much for being part of our Transformation and Transcendence Roundtable podcast. We'll be having this uh, podcast every Thursday at 12 noon, but then it will be uploaded where you can be able to find it on any uh, podcast platform that you have, Apple, Spotify, etc. And it should be on, uh, will be on YouTube as well. So uh, thanks for joining us, and we hope it's been helpful in your spiritual and emotional growth and that you've gleaned a little bit of um, uh, blessing and uh, an insight and inspiration for your growth as you go forward. May it blossom throughout your day. Okay, thanks again. See you next time.